Welcome, Welcome, everyone. I'm honored to be your host today. My name is April J. Ford. I'm an author, entrepreneur, and philanthropist with a prior background in engineering. To find out more about my work, you can go to www.joysofyaw.com. And when the website is live and ready for Joy's Gift, I'll be sharing that as well. Joy's Gift is an acronym for Global Illumination Foundation Thrives. It is a nonprofit to empower women and youth overcoming adversity through mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Now, the purpose of Journey to Success is to interview people who are making a difference in the world to help encourage and inspire others to do the same with their lives. So my guest today is Dr. Gladys Taylor McGeary. Dr. Gladys has been a family physician for more than 60 years. She is board certified in holistic and integrated medicine. She is internationally known for her pioneering work in holistic medicine, natural birthing, and a physician-patient partnership. She was a co-founder of the American Holistic Medical Foundation. She is known as a mother of holistic medicine. Her work through her foundation, the Gladys Taylor McGeary Medical Foundation, has helped expand the knowledge and application of holistic principles through scientific research and education. She is the author of three books, The Physician Within You, Born to Live, and Living Medicine. Her other pioneering accomplishments include pioneering fathers in the delivery room, being co-founder of the Academy of Parapsychology and Medicine. She created the only ARE, the R clinic, based on the work of Edgar Cayce. And she was the first to utilize acupuncture in the United States and train other physicians on how to use it. Also, she taught safer birthing practices to rural women in Afghanistan, resulting in a 47% decrease in infant and child mortality. She also created a task force comprised of more than 100 holistic physicians and other professional healthcare providers to envision a new medical model in response to the need of healthcare reform and work towards its implementation. Welcome to Journey to Success. Dr. Gladys, where are you calling in from today? Glad to have you with us. Seems like we're having technical difficulties on Dr. Gladys's end. Dr. Gladys, are you able to hear us today? Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like Dr. Gladys is having technical difficulties on her end, and we'll be bringing her on shortly.
Okay, hopefully we'll get Dr. Gladys here in a moment. Looks like we're still having technical difficulties, so bear with us here. Dr. Gladys, are you still able to hear us? Hello? There Hello. she is. Hello. Gladys, welcome to the show today. How are yes, you? Yes. I'm fine. Somebody had turned it on to muted, so I've been yelling here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. we apologize for that. There yeah. you go. There she Things is. Happen. Yeah. All right. There's technology for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> Yay, well, glad to have you with us, Dr. Gladys. We know that you're busy traveling the world with your foundation. Um, where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Scottsdale, and it's it's cloudy here. It's not supposed to be cloudy in Arizona, but it is today, and it's lovely. So, oh, perfect. perfect. Scottsdale, okay, Arizona. Again, thank, yeah. thank you again for being on the show with us on Journey to Success. You know, we first met actually at Greg Reed's red carpet premiere for his book a few months ago, right. um, Ability. Uh-huh. And yeah. at that event, it just stood out to me. You said, you know, you don't treat diseases by creating more diseases. Why don't we just jump in? And if you can explain your concept of living medicine. Yes, as a matter of fact, the foundation's name has been changed from the Gladys Taylor McGarry Medical Foundation to the Foundation for Living Medicine. And I'm very pleased with that change because um, the medicine that I was taught and uh, is being still taught in medical schools, all it's it's a war against disease. Everything that we're taught has to do with killing and getting rid of. We kill bacteria, eradicate AIDS, eliminate diabetes, and our language is against life itself. It's the antibiotics and anticonvulsant. The one that really gets me is the anti-aging thing. I mean, come on, what are we <laughs> supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Can't we age well, into health? Well, that's the process of living, right. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a lot smarter to try and age, to work t- towards aging into health rather than getting rid of aging. I love being this age. You know, it's just a great thing. And uh, so, and then the uh, our support groups support the diseases. We have cancer support groups, epilepsy support groups. We don't have people support groups. So that it's and, and the uh, ammunition that we have to fight our diseases has to be um, uh, the PDR, which was the physician's desk reference. When I came to Phoenix, it was half an inch thick, and now it's three inches thick and has three addendum because when you have ammunition to fight wars, you need more ammunition to continue the war, which continues the problem, and it's, there's, it's never ending. So, right, it creates a uh, ripple effect of other things that it creates. Absolutely. You create problems. Even pregnancy is considered a disease and has to be treated as a disease and and Women think they, and we even talk about delivering babies, like it's not the mother's right to ha- to birth a baby, but someone has to deliver her of a baby. We deliver pizzas and, and uh, speeches, yeah. not babies. <laughs> no babies. It's part of life, right? <laughs> well, you know, now, our language is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 
I, I totally agree. Would you say that your vision of, you know, the Foundation for Living Medicine is to basically promote this paradigm shift, right, in medicine and our way of thinking? Right, right. Because life, life and love are the two things that are paramount when it comes to um, healing. If you're not alive, it doesn't count. And if you, and you don't put love into it, it doesn't make the healing. So those two issues are fundamental in the whole process of healing, no matter what modality you use. Well, let's, let's give our listeners some simple and practical practices. Say if, you know, a patient goes into their doctor and they find out, you know, they have a simple um, illness such as a sinus infection to an illness that requires consistent medication, you know, what should they do instead of a conventional method if they're not familiar with this healthy, you know, or, or living medicine concept? What would be their first step as an alternative? Well, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things to think about. Uh, in my experience, a lot of sinus infections are basically uh, caused by withheld tears. So if you have something like a sinus infection, you think about what it is that, that you're working with, what are, issues, what are my deep issues. And then um, there, there are hot packs that help with sinus infections. Sometimes a good osteopathic adjustment will help. Sometimes just getting off of milk and milk products will help. Sometimes um, acupuncture. Uh, I've had really good success with acupuncture. Sometimes just pressure will help. There, there are many, many modalities to uh, of. Uh, looking at this whole issue of sinus infection, which means that you've got an infection in your sinuses and you need to get them drained. And and so there are, you know, multiple ways of doing that besides just getting rid of the infection. And then a lot of vitamin C and some echinacea and, uh, will help. There are just so many ways of working with it. And what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. So you find what right. works for you. Right. And, and I think the underlining, um, you know, key takeaway in what you just said and naming, you know, a few things to do from diet to acupuncture, you know, pursuing those routes, I think the underlining message is that, you know, we should be treating the root of the problem and not just the symptom, right? right? Like you said, the sinus infection is just a signal or a symptom that something's going on. And I think that's, maybe where the discrepancy is of the conventional method of just treating the symptom and not, you know, going to the root cause of the problem. Well, because what, what causes it is different in everybody. And so we have to get back to uh, having people understand that their particular sinus infection or whatever it is, is their particular issue. And it doesn't may not be anybody else's issue nobody nobody else's has their sinuses you know right, it's a matter right. of claiming what we have and working with it right and, and i know you're a big promoter of that of having like a triage of you know us as right. a patient our body right. within us also a coach or a doctor but how do we how do we actually awaken you know, people's consciousness and capacity to heal from within? First of all, we have to accept that we do have a physician within us. 
and begin to learn to trust that. There are many ways of doing that. Um, uh, dreams are ways, but but listening to what your body says. You know, if if you find that, well, I was just talking to a, a patient just before we I got on the air here, and um, she's she's been really really sick, and she's had different things, and she's now in a in a rehab home getting. Um, medication and she's been given something which she knows she's been sensitive to and she's having trouble getting the doctor to understand that this happens to be something that she's sensitive to but she knows it she's paid attention to this and she understands that it's a matter of, of paying attention to how our bodies respond to different things and how and what we're doing with things not just our bodies but how we respond and trust our inner guidance i have patients who've told me that their dreams told me that told them that they should not have something i've had patients who've told i've given them something and they said you know i I, that uh, that doesn't work for me and i trust that right well i think let's just clear up the misconception when people hear the word you know health and heal you know this doesn't mean that there's going to be absence of disease or or obstacles just means that you know like you said be empowered to be holistic right. within yourself and that's knowing you and there's three embodies you know there's our mind our body and our soul right. um, I was reading recently a book by um, what's the author's name Gloria Amendola I mean she wrote two volumes on Mary Magdalene you know one of the disciples yeah. of Jesus uh-huh. and we all know that Jesus is you know the miracle healer but in, in Mary's um, learning through Jesus, she was able to see the type of healing that he taught other people, you know, like, like herself, and what's available to all of us, the knowledge and practices that are available to all of us. Yeah, and, you know, I'm much more interested in uh, a person being whole than a person being well. And we're not, none of us are totally well. We all have corns or constipation or something. So the total wellness is not something that that I'm looking for in a patient. What I am looking for is that the patient becomes whole. Some of the most whole persons I work with are people who have some kind of an illness that they may never get over, but they but that doesn't stop them. Franklin Delano Roosevelt had had post polio syndrome all his life. Did that keep him from doing what he had to do? I mean, you know, it's it's a not we uh, we have gotten so afraid of the disease itself that we've allowed the right. disease to control us. Uh, right, and and, and, I tell and you hinder story? myself. <laughs> yeah, I I had uh, two patients in my office the same day. Both of them had lupus. And one of them was a, a woman who I'd worked with for years, and, and just nothing that we did seemed to help her. And another woman was um, <clears throat> a woman who I had known for about 10 years, but when I first met her, she had discovered, you know, she'd wakened one morning saying to herself, what's the matter, you know, am I going to spend the rest of my life like this in bed with a diagnosis of lupus, and what's keeping me here? And she said to herself, um, it's pain. So she said, okay, pain, there's an empty chair there. You go sit in that chair and don't you ever get out. 
And <laughs> with a great deal of help from her family and the physician and so on, she mobilized herself, got herself moving. And uh, when I knew her, she'd been teaching school for 10 years and always kept a chair empty in her room so that if the pain oh. started up, she sent pain into that chair. Now, when mm-hmm. I went out to my car that day, I saw the car of the lady who had lupus and couldn't get over it. Her license plate said lupus. <sighs> so what had happened was that she had become the disease. Become her disease, yeah. And when you become the disease, that's who you. That's your identity. And right. too many of us get stuck in a situation like that. And I think it goes back to what you said in, in your teaching. It's, it's you know, the healing takes place, like, from the, you know, quote-unquote female energy of love and right. life, right. Right? right? The love and life. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Let me give another example to, to, to uh, clarify that. I had another patient who had uh, lung cancer. She'd been a smoker, and uh, she'd gone through all of the therapies. And she called me one day, and she said, you know, they say I need a blood transfusion because my blood count's so low, and I don't want it. And I said, why not? Well, she's afraid of AIDS and hepatitis, which is silly because she's dying of cancer. But when fear steps in, reason steps out. And so no matter what I said, it didn't make any sense until finally I said to her, you know, maybe you could look at it this way. There's somebody in this world who loved you enough to give their life blood for you. That's what a blood transfusion is. So when she was able to change her energy from fear to love, she was able to get the blood transfusion. It didn't cure her cancer, but it gave her six more months of life that she was able to um, function. So it's it's that kind of a, of a shift from the being uh, trapped in the in the uh, in the disease itself, or moving into love, so that it's the love that it's love itself that does the uh, that allows you to function and allows you to live. Wow! Wow! That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I wanted to share a story. Um, a very good friend of mine who's also a doctor, um, Dr. John Turner, he's a neurobrain surgeon in Hawaii, also the author of Medicine, Miracles, and Manifestations. And he was able to integrate, you know, in his practice, the traditional Western way of thinking and technology yeah. with Eastern philosophy to treat his patients. You know, one of them being Jorai. Right. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that's like energy yeah. healing and Reiki. Yeah. I mean, if, if would you agree that if we just expand our awareness, you know, in learning from both sides of the court, whether you're a doctor or a patient, you know, Eastern versus Western, if we can just, you know, help elevate our healing and living process, you know, like you said, living is a process, and if we can just expand right. our awareness of where we're, you know, we'd be at. Yeah, it's not the modality. We can all learn different modalities to do to uh, that something works for us in the way of what how we work with a healing process is what works for us. But there are multiple modalities. People ask me if my daughter practices the same medicine as I do, and I say yes, but she had to find her own way of doing it. 
because unless the physician is aware of their own uh, uh, inner strength and their own abilities that tunes in with the physician within the patient, there's a disconnect. So it's, it doesn't, the modality is something that the physician finds, the physician or the person who's in the process of working with, he, with healing, finds what works with them. Whatever works right. for you that allows you to, to bring comfort and uh, life energy to a person, that's what's, that's what's important. It's not, it's not the modality as much as it is the, the intention and the energy that is uh, shared by the patient and the, and the physician. Okay, great, great. Now, where would our listeners go if they're interested in finding about more of your upcoming work or projects? Yeah, yeah. Look up the Foundation for Living Medicine dot com. Okay, and can you speak a little bit more on the? I think it was three of them that you mentioned at the last event. The Living Medicine, of course, we just touched on aging into health, and then the In the Womb project. Yeah, and. Uh, what I'm calling loving birth. Um, the whole birthing process has been so disrupted and uh, and confused that women don't even know that they can, uh, you know, birth their own babies. They we've taken the power away from them and just done a very bad thing, I think, for our for women uh, uh, across the board. And so, uh, yeah, the loving birth, the aging into health. We are in the process of creating a a center for living medicine here. We're looking for land right now, and uh, our our goal is to have a what I'm terming from lust to dust um, approach to uh, the whole healing, uh, so that we have preconception classes and work, so that women, so that families prepare for a birth, and so that it's a, a a sacred where they they know what they're doing and they the they're ready for the soul to come in because I truly believe that there are souls just waiting to have the right environment to enter into this world so they can help us out of this mess that we're in. <laughs> now, where did you see that? Maybe, like you said, where we lost that power. You know, women were disempowered in, in giving birth, where did you see that the translation was lost? Well, I think way back when, when anesthesia came into the picture, was about the time that that the male doctor took over the, the uh, birthing process from the midwife. Um, I think that the compassionate heart of the male doctor didn't understand what the woman was going through and so felt that this had to be, that the focus had to be eliminate the pain. What I found out when I was working with women who were having babies, pain was not the problem. Abandonment and fear were the things that that really made it hard. The pain women dealt with pretty well. I mean, they needed help and they needed support and they needed all the rest of it. And acupuncture helped a lot. But it wasn't the pain that was that the although that's what we're taught to to fear yeah. 
In my experience, it wasn't the pain. It was the abandonment and the fear. Once they were able to understand the process, understand the importance of letting the cervix relax, letting the perineum relax, moving with it, allowing the, the, uh, uh, the contractions to happen, and then move with that, even allowing the noises that they make, which uh, midwives have called a song of birth, not screaming, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> they, it sounds horrible from the outside, but yeah. from when you're working with it and you're involved with it, it's, it's an amazing, amazing process. And uh, nobody, uh, I don't know, you know, there are uh, women who say they had a baby without any pain. I have, I, that's not been my experience. Um, most of the women that I've worked with have had pain with it, but that's, that's not the issue. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Okay. Now, before the we close out, Dr. Gladys, I mean, right. how do you think, you know, we got to where we are today compared to, say, you know, 30 or 40 years ago when the words holistic or wellness, they weren't even, you know, household names. How did we get to where we are today, and where do you see us going in the next 10 years? Well, um, I, I think the concept of living medicine covers that pretty well and i think that as we begin to understand the uh, the concept of living medicine we can we can move forward may i read just a few things in uh, sure. uh, about living medicine imagine health after a generation of living medicine is practiced across the country imagine a full menu of services customized based on each individual's conscious choices and the wisdom of their own physician within. Imagine doctors who express love and patients who discover self-love as part of their healing. Imagine doctors having support to operate from their idealism, the passion that brought them into medicine in the first place. Imagine each person facing their mortality as an integral part of the circle of life. I need to turn this page. Ah. When you try to do it, it just doesn't turn. Um, imagine accessing your inner wisdom to age into health rather than warring with your own body and medicating painful symptoms. Imagine hospitals that reduce the cost of care while increasing productivity and providing real support for hospital systems. Now, imagine living medicine. Wow, that's powerful and profound. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I think that it's it's that kind of a paradigm shift where we really understand that we have not only a right, but the responsibility to take care of our own um, issues. We need help from the physician outside, but we're the ones who do the healing, you know, I've watched beautiful jobs of surgery that didn't heal, and I've watched botched-up jobs of surgery that healed very well, and the question is, who's doing the healing? Right, right. And like you said, it goes back to within us, right? But first, people need to um, be knowledgeable, find out what the knowledge is, and and expand their consciousness, expand their awareness. Right. Access their own healing. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time a mother kisses her baby's boo-boo, she's, caused, she's brought about a major healing. 
Right. It's the intention and the energy transfer. Right. 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 Oh, my goodness. Dr. Gladys, I wish we had more time um, today on today's show. Maybe we'll do a part two since we had technical difficulties in the beginning. You know what, in closing, again, I appreciate your time on Journey to Success. If you have any last-minute thoughts for our listeners or maybe share your website um, that you'd like to leave us with. Yes, I'd, I'd love to have you look up thefoundationforlivingmedicine.com because we have a lot of information there that that is available. My latest book is The World Needs Old Ladies. I'm tired of <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of old ladies I love that title. themselves as obsolete. You know, we're not obsolete. We've got a lot to say, and we're the roots that are still holding us this whole thing together. So we're here, and we want to be listened to. Right. You guys hold so much knowledge and experience to share. Yeah, yeah. All right. And we love to to share it. (laughs) Yes, please do. (laughs) All right, and the website again is www.foundationforlivingmedicine.org, I believe it's .org, right, O-R-G, not .com? I think it's .com. Well, it's .org or .com, I think. And it's the Foundation for Living Medicine. Oh, the foundation, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All okay. right, Journey to Success listeners, check out the website, and that's our show today with Dr. Gladys. Until next time, I'm April J. Ford, and I wish everyone you'll find the light within them for their health, healing, and happiness. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>